Good evening, fellow students, and welcome back to another After Hours here on Legacy Weapon, your guide to the Legacy format. I am Jamie. I am Drew, and we are still on the road back from Louisville. We may have just kept driving for a week, or however long since we posted the last episode. Yeah. How long has it been for you all? Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> I'm glad you all answered audibly to your radios and earbuds. We heard you. Yes. And, and Tom, who didn't answer, hurt my feelings. <laughs> Dang it, Tom. Yeah. Anyway. What are the odds we have a listener named Tom? I think it's probably pretty high, actually. Pretty high, right? I, I'm sorry, Tom. I, yeah. I'm sorry. It's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll forgive you. Tom. Anyway, anyway. We are still on the drive back from Kentucky. And are still talking about magic because... <laughs> Maybe Jamie may be getting a little slap at me. I don't know. I, I hope not. I'm driving. <laughs> uh, so we want to talk more about... Grand Prix experience. Yeah. So before we talk about what the Grand Prix was, what to expect, how the tournament goes, the decks we're playing, our travel, go listen to it. Why are you here? This is part two. This is part two. Stop. It says so right in the title. The only time you should listen to a second part before a first part is if you're watching Star Wars. <laughs> that is a very specific order. The order is four, five, two, three, six, six seven. seven. Eight nine, if that's happened yet, yeah. Then, if you want to, the Christmas special. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's still worse than episode. Full one. stop. Anyway. Anyway. I, where were we, Drew? Uh, ten, 10 seconds ago for us, as if I don't remember. Right. So we had talked about uh, GP Louisville, what it was like, uh, and uh, what happened to us on day. Zero of the GP, the uh, challenge events that we, that, that we, the challenge event we did. Hey, I got tickets. I, I won tickets to go over to the pri- to our prize wall. Yeah. So, uh, when you win side events at a Grand Prix, you get generally, depending on the tournament organizer, tickets. It's basically, they usually give you prizes in packs a lot of times. Yeah. But some people don't want packs of Kaladesh or something. And honestly, at Legacy events, you often... A lot of people probably don't want packs of Kaladesh. So they give you tickets for the prize wall. It's exactly like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> except it, it with is, except all better. magic stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. all magic stuff. They had, they had soda. Yeah, you could. That's true. Anyway, uh, with these tickets that you get for winning the events, you can combine them. You can save up. Some people were... I don't think you're allowed to sell them. I don't know. But you you can trade for them. Like yeah. It, if I got a thousand tickets over the course of the weekend, but the thing I wanted was two thousand, I could trade you my cards for your tickets and then get the two thousand ticket prize. Yeah. Or we could pool our resources or whatever. The things they have up there are um, promo items and playmats and pins and decks and packs from old sets and packs from current sets and whole booster boxes of booster boxes old sets yep. and current sets like alliances or something like that there uh, was a whole foil uncut sheet of Kaladesh what rares. Ether Revolt yeah. Ether Revolt right. uh, no Kaladesh yeah Ether Revolt's not out yet they probably shouldn't have had that yeah it's after you already that. yeah it actually probably is uh, uh, it they, wasn't they had old sealed product like the dual decks yeah, and like old commander decks and the San Diego Comic Con promo planeswalkers that are right. like really weird and black on black is and the picture. Either you and love them or you hate them, but they are expensive and valuable. And hard yes, uh, they have oversized cards as a thing. Like 
the cards are three feet wide by five feet tall. Suitable for hanging on your wall, I guess. Yes. Uh, or, so these are other things. Yeah. I got, uh, you can also just get store credit, at least from Star City Games. Yeah. If you don't see what you want, you can just get store credit to their store. Uh, I used my meager things to get a pin to bring back for my daughter. Yeah. She will think it's adorable. Yeah. Uh, because I did, I did not have enough for anything fancy that I would really want for myself. So I was very right. happy to find something as a souvenir. Um, so that's what we did. I got my tickets. Day one. Day get, one. You get there. Yeah. If, if you wake up. So uh, I might have set an alarm wrong and we might have. Oh, uh, we might have. But we still got there in plenty of time because Drew's also set a secondary alarm. Yeah. Uh, so we rushed over, didn't really eat breakfast. That was mistake number one. Yeah. Eat good, hot <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. Bring water bottles. Actually, I think mistake number one was that we didn't really go to bed very early Friday night. Well, we got okay sleep. We got okay sleep, but yeah, we could have gotten more sleep. The food was a bigger mistake. I would certainly give you that. And everybody said, we said it last time, and I thought it would be fine. I did bring, like, granola bars and stuff. Yeah. But those are... Those are dry, and I didn't bring a water bottle. So yes, we were super eat. thirsty, and yeah, you didn't want to eat the granola bars, and yeah. <sighs> I digress. Anyway, so round one starts at approximately nine. I think they got off a slight, slightly delayed start. It, the rounds are 50 minutes, assuming, but inevitably somebody, several somebodies, go to time, then go to turns. The turns take a while because it's a big deal and people don't want to screw up and lose their first match if they can avoid it. And they think really hard about, uh, you know, what they need to do in these extra turns. And inevitably, the, the round goes well over 50 minutes. That is the one thing. And you probably have experienced this at your local shops. Right. The, the amount of time it would take for you and a buddy to play a round of Magic, even no timer, probably sometimes it's going to be more than 50 minutes. Right. Usually it's going to be less. Right. Maybe an average of 30 minutes even. Right. But when you include outliers and 2,000 players, right, there's going to be somebody who, if left to their own devices, would be playing for 70 minutes. Yeah. So every single match goes to time for at least one player. Right. So every single match goes for more than 50 minutes. You budget an hour and it might take longer. That's about, about what I was doing. Right. Okay. So... Um, Right, but then the next match starts after that. So if you if your match goes to time, uh, you don't really have any time before the next round starts. I mean, you have like five minutes while they uh, put up the pairings, but that's about it. Right, so especially if you're playing a slow deck, you're not going to get time to go get food, to go find the water fountains even. Right, so, yeah. right. Uh, do, we want, do we want me to talk about like my games, or do we want to move on to something else? What? Yeah, uh, we can start with. Um, well, let's, yeah, we're gonna start with. Let's just real. Let's let's go quickly over over what happened in our games, and then we can just kind of talk about lessons we learned and okay. then other sure. stuff. Shall I go first? You go first this time. Okay. I went first Ooh. last time. Yeah. Because it's the real day one. Yeah. This is for all of the marbles. This is for really if you get to go to day two. Yeah. Uh, so I start. Where they really off, hand out the marbles. Yeah. I start off. You get your promo card. Uh, I borrowed, we, we borrowed the cards that we needed from Jerry. Right. Like we said, it's great. He also gave me a Leaving a Legacy t-shirt. Yeah. So I got to wear that all day. And I was very Jamie happy. Jamie was repping another Legacy podcast all day. We are all a family here. Yeah. 
And now I really want to have my own Legacy Weapon t-shirt. We'll see about that. Another day. Yeah. Um, so my round one opponent was on firm. Yep. Now, I expected, especially in the early rounds, to have a disproportionate amount of burn. Like, it's not that I planned to see more of it myself, but I guessed that more of them would be around. Because right. a lot of people, this is their first big event. Right. A lot of people want to be really competitive, but they're on a budget or something. And burn is the best of the budget decks. It's the cheapest of the best decks. Right. Eldrazi can challenge it for that distinction. Of, but... Of... It, it might be better, but it's also definitely more expensive. So, right. so burn, I expect to see more. So I saw burn. And it was a great match. I feel like I earned it. I want to and out. Both times, I think he had me if I had waited one more turn. But that was on purpose. Yeah. Um, to the extent of I did not crack a fetch. Because I thought that going from 11 to 10 would put me in range of him. Right. And I knew I could win without it. So that's the kind of thing you have to worry about. You, and it made me glad. You know, I don't know if I would have driven that over, drawn that overgrown tomb. Two life could have made the difference in this match. Maybe. This is one of the few where it actually can be, make the big difference. Yeah. Um, but I won. And that was great. And, uh, yeah. It, Elves has a very great burn matchup. So 60-40 at least. Not to take anything away from, from Jamie's no. accomplishment of winning this, but uh, I your, your deck should win that one more or less by itself. Not by itself. Not by itself. The, but, pro the problem with that matchup for burn is if they only hit my creatures, they are going to lose. They're too slow. Be right, because I will get creatures that draw me more cards. I, their hand will get empty. My board will eventually get full. Right. If they only shoot them at my face, I snowball and will be able to win faster than them. Right. Almost all the time. Right. So for a burn player to win, they either have to be very lucky or very carefully know which targets need killing when. Yeah. And a combination of the two. Like, uh, he killed my Wirewood symbiote, which he knew that I needed. I, hey, this is actually fun. I like this. Um, I was on the play, and my opening hand had a Bayou, a Deathrite Shaman, a Wirewood symbiote, and a Quirion Ranger. So, I don't know who I'm playing against yet, and I worry, as I should, about just Wasteland in general. It's unlikely they have a Wasteland turn one because I will have played a creature and that puts them a little bit behind. But I was worried about Wasteland. So I played Bayou into Quirion Ranger rather than the better creatures. And he burns it. He kills the Quirion Ranger. He does not have Wasteland. My Bayou is safe. I do not need to be protecting my Bayou. But now on turn two, I can play Deathrite Shaman, who is very important in this matchup because he gains you life. Right. And he wired Symbiote at the same time with him tapped out to protect the Death Shaman. Yeah. He kills the Wirewood, as he has to, because he cannot kill an elf with the Wirewood in play. And I green Sun Zenith for another Wirewood Symbiote, because that's what I needed was to protect the Death Shaman. Right. And now you're just... Now I'm doing pretty you, good. You can, you can win the game when you get around to it. Yeah, you're, I got a second Death yeah. Shaman. I, he, he still got me down to, like... Seven, which is a really dangerous place to be in. Yeah, they, they can definitely do that with two cards. And he, he did not kill many of my creatures. They were He did not have any creatures in his graveyard. Deathrite Shaman ran out of stuff to eat. So I was then on the try to beat him fast plan. Right. It was a good match. It was very tighter than it sounded. So match two, I played against somebody who had a buy. 
So this is my second match of the day, but his first. He's fresh as a daisy, he got an extra hour of sleep. I woke up an hour earlier and have already played a match. Buys are useful. Buys are useful. He is playing burn. Yeah. And exactly the same as before, I roll 2-0, and he tells me each time, like, if I had one more turn, I would have won that. Yeah. And I believe him, he's right. Uh, but part of that was just being very careful. Uh, I, I think I even had a glimpse of nature and some one ones, but he had Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Yeah. I played my two creatures because I needed them for natural order and for Crater Hoof without playing my glimpse of nature. Glimpse of nature would have drawn me two cards. I had the mana for it. Right. But I didn't because the two life was more important than two cards right now. Every once in a while, that is that is the case. It, it was a very tight thing, and I, I feel good about that one also. Uh, his deck was beautiful, because he had foiled the whole thing out. Yeah. And, so this wasn't for budget. This is just his deck that he's good at. Just wants to play Burn. Yeah. It's a good deck. Um, and something that some people will do if they're bad people is they will take <laughs> their cards and make them all white border. It, it is hard to make cards look good by adding black to your white border cards if you want them all to look uniform. Uh, you use a marker or something, but it shows. You can, and I'm not going to tell you how because I'm, it's not, a bad, horrible thing. I'm not a bad person. Yeah. Uh, you can like remove the paint from the outside. Don't try this at home. Uh, the black to show the white underneath on these cards. He didn't do that. He did it to foil cards. Underneath the black on a foil card is still foil layer, which right. meant that his borders were not white. They were silver. Shiny silver. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Like, it was gorgeous. Love to see it. So I'm 2-0 I'm and, oh and feeling good. If you watched part one, you know things are going downhill from here. Right. Uh, uh Jamie did not make the top eight, because if, if he had, we would be there. He would be playing in the top eight. We would not be on the road. So, Next matchup, I played the deck I had worried about the most. Maybe not my worst matchup, but one of my worst matchups, and one I was expecting to see over the course of the day. Show and tell. Yeah. So I'm on the draw, and I have a fine hand. It is not explosive. It's not going to win on turn two, but it's got dudes. It's got some card draw. It is going to do well. He goes. Lotus Petal. Lotus Petal. Fetch Land. Island. Show and Tell. My response to this is, I look at my hand. The biggest creature in my hand is a scavenging ooze. My response is to say, I scoop. Game two. Yeah. Because I realized the odds of me winning after he puts something down Whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is, if he played it, it's because he has something in hand, and it's good. Versus my scavenging use is less than 1%. Yeah. I mean, I never like to say 0%, but I cannot see how I win that through anything that he reasonably could put down. Like, any of the cards that they play, I can't imagine beating it. Can you? Anything that they play? Emrakul? No. Grizzle Brand? Not unless the top 21 cards of his deck are all lands. I mean, if he puts if he puts down a sneak attack, but, and you don't, but there's no way. Even no. then, he's going to still have something to do with it the next right. turn, and unless you could, and if you topped, even if you top deck a Reclamation Sage, there's no way you'd have the mana for it on turn two, so. 
Uh, yeah, no, you're you're dead, and you absolutely made the right call. So uh, we go to sideboarding. I know what he's on, and he does not know what I'm on. He he laughs, and afterwards he tells me he sideboarded utterly wrong, like the exact opposite direction against me that he would have, because he didn't know what I was on. He just had to guess. All he knew is that I was not. I was probably not a show and tell player. Right. And I was probably not a black red reanimator because I did apparently not have anything in hand worth show and telling. Right. That's all he knew. Um, I think he put me on miracles, actually. Uh, I don't know why. He, he obviously had not listened to I the I mean, show. If, if you know, right, obviously. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess if you, if you have to just guess what your opponent is, miracles is more likely than any other single deck. It's more played than any other deck. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but if that were a reliable thing, then he would have just sideboarded, he would have pre-boarded for it. I, I'm i not sure why he sideboarded differently after that, unless really he has mainboard cards for the mirror or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, why would you sideboard differently for miracles than than for show-and-tell? I mean, like, just in general? I mean, you're oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying if he thinks a random person's probably on miracles, then he should already be pre-boarded for miracles. He still didn't know what I was. I, he, uh, he, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess, right. No, I, I see what you're saying. Right. He should probably not have sideboarded. Right. He should probably have just kept his main deck. His yeah. main board is what he thinks is best against an unknown opponent. Right. Uh, so. Now, the one thing is, he knew that I was coming in hate. So maybe that's what he could do. He could sideboard Yeah, that, that, that makes some sense. Yeah. I sideboard in 11 cards. Yeah. Uh, I was afraid of this matchup. This is the reason why I played uh, Worm Coil Worm. Uh, World Spine, World Spine worm. worm over Progenitus. That and I found it first in my binder. Yeah, um, actually my binder. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> because if you if you slap down an Emrakul and I slap down a Progenitus, you're going to win this. Right. Because you're going to attack and I'm going to sacrifice my Progenitus. If you slap it down and I slap down a 15-15 Trample that makes more guys when it dies, well, I get to attack first. So I hit you for 15. Or you have to block with your Emrakul. If you which... block with your Emrakul, your Emrakul's dead, and I have three five fives for free on top of my normal game plan. Right. Uh, Guy's Cradle likes it when I get three free five fives. Right. Um, or you don't block. You take the 15. You go to five. You swing with your Emrakul. I sacrifice Worm Coil, uh, uh, World Spine Worm, get my three five fives. I take the 15, and now kill you on the crackback with. 15 damage that I'm hitting you with. So I cited that. I cited discard. I even cited uh, surgical extraction in case I would make him discard show and tell and then get rid of all show and tells. That's very questionable. I maybe shouldn't have done that. I sideboarded in Gattacteague because I guessed correctly, it turns out, that he was on sneak and show and had sneak attack. Right. And I wanted to be able to just stop him from playing sneak attack. It's better than nothing. Uh, opening hand is a fine hand with no hate. And not explosive. I'm not going to win on turn two, and I'm not going to be able to stop this combo. And I'm not going to win on turn three. So I ship it back. Six. A perfectly serviceable, but also not good hand of six with no hate. Ship it back. Five cards. Lands and natural orders. Ship it back. Yeah. Four. Land, land, metal sentinel, natural order. I probably should have kept going. Just to hopefully get my 15-15 or a discard spell. But this, at least, if he didn't have it, I could, in theory, natural order for my 
work. Yeah. And, you know, it, if it turned out okay, I maybe could natural order quick, relatively quickly, turn two or three. So maybe I'd get, like, the turn four win. Uh, he doesn't have the turn one win this time. He's got, like, the turn two win. So my game state actions were scoop, mulligan, 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 land, nettle sentinel, land, scoop. Yep. So that's a very long, long, long strip for that. Of a very, very, a very short. short. Jamie may have been talking about this match for longer than it happened. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I should have gotten food now. I did get a drink after this because I had time. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, after that, I played an Aloran deck, different than Drew's. Um, the fun thing, though, fun. Uh, in game one, I won so fast, I didn't know what he was on. And that was still the right thing to do, not to like give him a chance to combo out. But I won so fast, it looked like he was on Grixis Delver. Like, yeah. Because he had played like some uh, just some, some little dudes that are played and everything. I forget what. Like Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, like or a, yeah, I think he had played a Deathrite Shaman and some Grixis lands and some uh, like you know, brainstorms, and that was it. Um, and a Force of Will, I think. So I cited as if he were a Delver deck. That was wrong to do so. Uh, game two, I find out he's an Aloran deck. It does not go well for me. Yeah. Uh, I actually do still almost have the win. I had an Abrupt Decay in the hand, and he went for the combo. I decided I would wait, because I know that you can often disrupt his combo if you kill his Parasitic Strix with the Cavern Harpy on the stack. Right. I, I don't know if we've gone through all the cards, but Cavern Harpy can bounce itself at will, you are never going to kill a Cavern Harpy. Yeah. And once Cavern Harpy is in play, it can it bounces the... Uh, it bounces any blue or black creature you control, including Parasitic Strix. And Parasitic Strix you can then replay and win. Right. So I was going to wait, kill his Strix, which Drew at least only plays one of, uh, and if not wreck his combo, at least put him a turn or two off. Because with me, I'm a, I'm a pretty fast combo. Right. I probably like, a turn only... or two is usually good enough. Right, and in this case, it would have been. I I actually had uh, not enough guys for Greater Hoof to have been lethal, or even be lethal like in two turns of attacking. So right. I got myself a 15-15. I yeah. had a 15-15 trample on the battlefield, and he went for his combo. Uh, I decided to hold off with Parasitic Strix. I hit it exactly as I meant to. He then showed me a second Parasitic Strix in his hand, and I lost. Yeah. Um, the there is another build of Aloran. The one, the build that I run only has one copy, and it's much, it's more sort of a linear combo. There's another build that's just sort of more value based. We'll talk about this more in depth at some point, but they do run too. So the problem was that Jamie not only had to not had to figure out how to stop the combo, but also which version of the combo the guy was running. Yeah, and I I feel like I probably should have known that he had a second one, but I didn't. And, and I think it was reasonable not to know, and still reasonable. We talked about this at length. It was probably the right call on a percentages well, base, the, basis. The call was I had one other option I could have known. He had in play a uh, shardless agent. A shardless right? agent. Yeah. And he played a cavern harpy, and he was going to bounce a shardless agent and then replay it and start digging through his deck. I could have abrupt decayed the shardless agent in response to the harpy. This would have made him bounce the Harpy to itself, because the Harpy requires you to bounce something. Right. Um, but the problem was, if he had anything else in his hand, he could just keep going. 
and eventually get his parasitic strikes and just win. So I decided I would let that happen. He had a grip of five cards in hand, none of which I had seen. And, and I just tried to stop the combo when it was happening. It turns out his hand was no creatures. If I had killed that creature, he would have only been able to bounce the harpy to itself infinite times for no benefit. He would not have been able to do anything that turn, and I probably would have won the game. Right. But as it stood, he, he bounced it. He uh, Sometimes you make the right play and you still lose. Yeah, he bounced it. He cascaded into Brainstorm. He cast another one. He cascaded into Brainstorm. He cast another one. Parasitic tricks into another Parasitic tricks. Which is what... That's what, the deck is, that's what the deck is supposed to do. Yep. That's when it's working well. That's that is what it does. And uh, the third matchup, and this one I'm actually unhappy myself with. This is like the one thing in the day that I feel bad about. I sideboarded completely wrong here. I thought he's a fast combo. I need to sideboard the same as I did for show and tell, more or less. Like a few differences, but I need to you know take out. And he's got force wheels. He's got force wheels, and he's fast combo. I'm taking out my natural orders. I'm taking out a bunch of stuff. I'm putting in a lot of control. I'm the control here. He's trying to win fast. I'm going to slow the game down. Forgetting the fact that I'm a combo deck. Yeah. And I'm a faster combo deck on yep. average. Yep. I should have gone all in on my combo. Even yep. through Force of Wills and even through him having that. A little disruption's good. All my Abrupt Decays should have come in. But that's about it, probably. Yeah. And maybe some discard. Maybe some discard. But really. that deck's really... Well, actually, the, the his version is not as good at recurring pieces from the graveyard but it also has a lot more redundancy so right. I, I should yeah. have gone all in on the combo realizing that I am the faster combo usually yeah my mistake yep um, I'm not exactly sure I think after so then I'm two and two same as the night before not dead for day two I can still I can still in theory make it to the top eight if I just won you know the, the rest next, the next 11 games in a row 11 matches yeah yeah, yeah 11 matches in a row um, so I play the elf mirror and I roll game one, and he rolls game two, and he rolls game three. Uh, because he draws his mirror hate, and I don't. The mirror hate here is discard uh, Cabal Therapy for either Natural Order or Glimpse. It's really, really good against Elves. Yes. So we both sided in all of our discard. He got his in his opening hands, and I didn't. Yep. Uh, so Them's the breaks sometimes. The one interesting thing that you all can learn from if you're ever playing against Elves, and this is not something I'd really thought about completely, because I don't play against elves very often. Yeah. He named Glimpse instead of naming Natural Order. The common advice I've heard is you should always name Natural Order because that's the like win instant thing that you don't want him to do. You are not going to win on turn two with a Natural Order. Unless you, you also have a Glimpse. Right, because you need to fill your board up to even get to four mana on a turn two. And of course the thing with Cabal Therapy is once you see it, if you play it on turn one and you whiff and you don't see the Natural Order... But you do two. see glimpses. On turn two, you can flash it back. Yeah, so if, if he whiffed and I had some natural orders, or, he, he yeah. was pretty confident that or I was rather, yeah, you name glimpse if they don't have it. They're not going to catch natural orders. So then on turn two, you can flash it back and get the natural orders. Yeah, same as if you're playing against show and tell, uh, sneak and show. You name show and tell on turn one. Show and tell is the one that they likely can do turn one. Right. And then you flash back for sneak attack turn two. If you saw it. You don't do it the opposite order. Right. But if you snag the sneak attack, it might be too slow. It might be too slow, because it might just have to show up. So he named the glimpse. I had two glimpses in hand. Uh, it was it was mildly painful, but good to see an off player doing well. Yeah. Uh, then I'm now two, two and three. three. Not dead for day two yet. And I am going to go until I'm dead for day two. I've never been day two. 
you know, the, the odds of now going, you know, 11 and 0 or something are slim. You only need to go, well, to get to day two, you would have needed to go 4 and 0 the rest of the yeah. way. If you are 2 and 3, you are not getting into the top eight. Right. Because uh, complicated things that I only have to understand. But you are now in the lower brackets, so you're playing quote unquote worse opponents. So your tiebreakers are going to be bad. Yeah. So you are going to be below the ranking of all the other people who are X and three. Right. So you are not going to get in the top eight, but you could get to day two. You could win money because cash is the prize, one of the prizes that you get from the main event. Right. Um. So I play, and I play lands like the only deck. It's like as hard for me to beat as show and tell. Maybe worse. Is it, are they both worse than Miracles? I, th- I think they're both worse than Miracles. Okay. Miracles is, gets all the attention of our bad matchup, but that's because it's so prevalent. Prevalent, yeah. It's yes. the main problem with Elves is how much Miracles there is, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Lands is really hard, and he gets like the turn three uh, 2020 Indestructible Flyer. Go to game two. Game two, he gets turn one, Tabernacle of the Veil. Yeah. A land that does not create mana, but it says all creatures have an upkeep of one mana or sacrifice them. Boy, do I hate this card. So... Almost as much as Jamie probably hates this card. The only way... There are only two ways to not just fold to that. One is Cradle. Because Cradle makes one mana for each creature. Yeah. A, a cradle and a tabernacle cancel each other out, and you can keep playing your games without a cradle. I didn't have a cradle. The other way is to scrimp and save your mana very carefully and get Heritage Druid. Heritage Druid makes all your guys tap for mana. So they, they can pay for themselves. So you can build up a board. Your board's going to be tapped. Your board's going to be tapped down all the time. But they're at least there. So you know if you ever get a crater hoof, he'll be big enough to win. You try for it. He mills off of a life from the loam a Thespian stage. And yeah. quick, my sideboard surgical extraction grabs it and gets every Thespian stage out of his deck. His his quick combo win is now gone. He has lots of other wins, including just decking me, probably. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how it would work out. But So I'm still not doing anything, but I at least slowed him down by like a dozen turns by keeping that. So, I keep building up my board with dudes who then have to tap themselves down. And I bounce some dudes sometimes. The Dryhead Arbor in my hand looks really bad. Since it will cost one itself every time. It's rough. But I, I build up my board, and I eventually win. Win! Yep. And the win does come through very carefully allowing individual elves to die here and there as necessary. And drawing a cradle, because that's the only way I was ever going to get above, like, two mana. And game three, he rolls me. So, yeah. what, what you going to do? Yeah. At this point, I'm two and four. I am dead for day two. I am dead for prizes. And you are dead tired. And I'm dead tired. I've just played six hours of magic. The day is not remotely done. And you've probably consumed about 200 calories. <laughs> hey, hey, I had bought a... I, I had a box of Cracklin' Oprah. <laughs> Crackle brand, the cereal of champions. <laughs> it's really dry. It's so dry. It's very tasty, but yeah, it goes. It's it sold as a cereal because you're supposed to put milk on it. Yes. So yes, my my two and zero, very optimistic. Like, I went in with the number one goal 
of Play Tight, which I mostly did. Have Fun, which I did. Don't Get Salty, which I mostly did. And after all those, make Top 8 and win. Yeah. So, I, I, that was the, that was gone. I didn't quite get there. My 2-0 and o turned into, was followed by 0-4. Oh yeah. And my day was done. And that was okay, because then I got to go and look at things and shop and good times. I enjoyed the rest of my day also, which we can talk about more. Let's hear how your day went. Right. Okay, so my uh, my game one, uh, match one, was against... Well, all right. We're going to play uh, what deck is my opponent playing, because <laughs> I got to play this game for real. Uh, and so turn one uh, is underground seat pass. Um and then yeah oh you all remember how i'm bad at the what's my opponent playing listen to this yeah so i i'm pretty proud of this um so i i forget what i do i think i play a death right shaman on turn one and then he ends he uh does an end step brainstorm uh turn two he plays a volcanic island and plays preordain uh you know one on the top one on the bottom something like that draws a card preordain is the scry one the one that's Generally, worse. probably the probably the third best, fourth best cantrip in Legacy. Yeah. It's kind of a this is kind of, this is the tell. This this card is the tell, sort of. Your um, opponent's on combos. They're deep on the digging. They're deep on the digging plan. I would probably not have picked up on this because I get too much in my own head and don't pay enough attention. Right. Drew is next time we play that game. Drew will play it and he will do better than me. Yeah. Wow. So I my next turn I go up. Oh, oh, all right. Well, I have four main deck cabal therapy in my build of Aluren. And so I go, all right, I need to cast Cabal Therapy right now because I am going to have problems if I, I do not do this. And you do have a creature, so you can flash. If, if you whiff, yeah. and he is on a combo quick win, you can flash it back. Like, you know what? I did not have a Deathrite Shaman because if I had a, if I'd had a Deathrite Shaman, this game must have, would have turned out differently. I must okay. not have played it. I must have just played a land and passed because, uh, yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I, I, I cast Cabal Therapy, and I think and i think I, he lets it resolve and i let it think i think and i think and i think and i go okay i think my opponent's on storm the cards to name here are either infernal tutor or lion's eye diamond and i name infernal tutor and my opponent shows me his hand and there are two copies of infernal tutor and i feel like a genius because this matchup is not good for me, especially game one. I can bring in some more discard game two, and it gets a little better. Uh, but it is real not good game one. You just have to do something like this and get lucky. And I did, and I'm like, oh, wow, I might manage to steal this thing. Uh, so this sets him back a couple of turns. The next turn, I play a Baleful Strix. And I just start swinging in for, like, one at a time, you know, whatever. Um, but... And I think, well, I mean, and I know what's in his hand. I think it's a it's a dark ritual, and a rain of filth, which is functionally another ritual, uh, and a land, and I think a lotus petal. So he just said he's a lot of mana, but nothing, nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. He does have a couple of infernal tutors in the graveyard. Well, eventually, what happens is that he uh, finds himself. Um, a burning wish which gets him a past in flames out of his sideboard and that allows him to he, so he casts he cast a dark ritual to cast the past in flames he 
cast the Wall Ritual also before the Passing Flames. Then he's able to flash both of these back with the mana with, from Passing Flames to make mana, and then he's allowed to use, he's able to use those to cast uh, the the uh, tutors out of his graveyard. He's hellbent at this point because he cast all of his spells. He can get a he gets a Lion's Eye Diamond, then he gets he gets to cast the other Infernal Tutor, and now he gets to win. So, um, had I he would not have had enough mana to do this had I stopped had I flashed back my Cabal Ritual to steal his Dark Ritual out of his hand. The moral here is the Dark Ritual is a really good magic card, and you should not let the Storm player keep it. That that is that is one more. There, there are three morals. One is that. Yeah. Two, it is very very helpful to carefully know every opponent's stack, honestly. Right. So that you can play the what are you on turn one game. Cabal therapy makes that a much more important thing. Yes. Most decks don't run Cabal therapy main. Right. Most decks. But still, every deck has slightly different plays they're going to make depending on what their opponent is. Right. Uh, and it paid off here, even if it didn't work out in the end. Right. The third thing, and this is something that I have to learn also, flash back your Cabal Therapies. Do it. Yeah. Do it early when you know what they have still in their hand. Right. You, When you decide, I'll wait, I need to build up my board, you're probably wrong. When you decide, I'll wait, maybe he'll draw a second copy of it, you're probably wrong. Yeah. Air on the side of flashing back maybe one turn later. Yeah. In, yeah. Like, you know what's in his hand. You might feel confident that there's nothing, no one card he can draw to turn the game around. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, don't let it go more than one turn, though, without flashing it back. Yep. Uh, that, that is definitely what I should have done. Uh, the Baleful Strix was not a reasonable clock by itself. I, he might have won this game anyway because I was not really close to my combo. Um, you know, I, I would have needed at least a couple more turns. But I, I, I would have bought myself at least one more uh, this way. Uh, and I was not winning this game by pecking him to death with the Baleful Strix. That, no. Uh, I might have won this game by slowing his combo down until he found yet another combo piece. Uh, or made like three more land drops. And, and then I might have been able to win. But uh, that I, I, I think I was still just like basking in the glory of having correctly therapied him blind and yeah anyway ride cometh before the fall drew it it it, it does it does it does uh game you're also probably thinking about breakfast that you didn't get i also yeah yeah i, I think i was still pretty clear-headed at this point i think that was just that was honestly this is the first actual game of magic i have played with cabal therapies in my deck so um, yeah, I mean, I knew what to name, but I didn't really have a sense of how good flashing back Cabal Therapy is. I mean, obviously, you know, but right. Like Jamie said, you need to just go ahead and flash it back because it's that good. Um, and I, I, I think I just didn't really fully appreciate how important it is to do that because I just was not, I was not, I was new to the deck and new to that card too. So, uh, anyway, lesson learned. Um, I, uh... Game, game two, um, I had some hate, uh, but it wasn't enough, basically, and uh, he just he did what he's supposed to do, and I, I, I managed to get a thought seize in, but it wasn't, I, I thought seized actually a, uh, the tendrils out of, out of his hand, um, which slowed him down a lot, but again, I just couldn't quite, I couldn't go fast enough. Um, 
you know, theoretically, my deck can win on turn two with, with a very great draw. Uh, turn four is pretty reasonable, but I did I just didn't have the combo pieces, um, and he was able to find his. That, that doesn't go anything about your deck. My deck is a, like, turn three is a reasonable time to hope to combo out. Right. But I have very little interaction. Right. Yours has a good amount of interaction and a turn four reasonable hope to win. Right. Um... So, you know, I was I was disappointed by that because I really felt like I could have stolen game one, um, you know, and I might have had a shot in game three. Uh, Alas. But, you know, so it goes. Uh, Storm, I we really, we had talked about this, we didn't really think Storm was going to show up too much at, at the GP. We didn't really feel like it had, it had been very popular lately. I had deliberately not particularly prepared my deck or my sideboard to deal with Storm. Um, yeah. You can, so, never, you can never fit all the hate you want in 50 cards. Right, and so, like, I, you know, I felt it was, it was, all right, it was a bad, bad break to, to see Storm right away. Um, but, all right, I mean, I lost to a bad matchup. That's not, that's not the end of the world. It's, it's all right. It would have been more surprising if you had won that one, honestly. Right, if, no, I, right, I would have felt really good if I had won it. I felt like I was competitive in the, in, in the match, um, even though I did lose. I, I felt fine. So, on a game, on a match, match number two, uh, this was against Infect, and I don't know. I, I was playing slowly because again, this is this is the first time I've played against Infect. In I think it's actually the first time I've ever played an, an Infect player uh, in Legacy. I've played some modern Infect players, but I don't think I've ever actually played against somebody in Infect in Legacy, which is kind of weird considering how popular the deck is. But um, and certain again, certainly new deck. Coming at it with a from a different angle and um, with with a Lauren, and I was playing slowly, and then he was also playing slowly. Uh, you know, we we discussed this. We after the match, we just we agreed that we both had played very slowly, and it was uh, the match ended up going and ended, ended up going to time. Um, he won game one. I did notice this was probably when the food the lack of food started to get to me. I made a bad blocking decision in, in near the end of game one where. I should have blocked. Um, he got me up to nine poison counters, and I thought, well, okay, that's fine. I'll save my blocker for next turn. And then I realized, wait, he has two poison creatures next turn. I can't. That doesn't work. <laughs> I can't. I can't block next turn. I'll be. I'm at nine poison counters, and even if he has no pump spells, I still die. Uh, and I had to scoop. And I, if I had blocked that turn, um, I think I could have bought myself one more turn. Um, I probably still would have lost, but it, it was, it was the, that was another mistake that was, that was not a unfamiliarity with my deck situation. That was a, probably should have had breakfast situation. And a slightest, yeah. And a lot of this, as you said, a little bit of the unfamiliarity with your opponent. Drew, you should listen to a podcast to like tell you about all your opponent's decks. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. I, I wonder if I could find one. I've got, I heard of one. I heard of one. I think, um. Uh, it's escaping me. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that maybe if we remember what it is. Um, so anyway, I, I lost that one. Um, game game two, I uh, I managed. I, I, I did manage to win. Um, then game three, uh, he just <laughs> we we um, yeah. Game two, I blew him out. I had a toxic deluge as a board wipe, and he had four creatures on board, and it just I. 
I got them all, and it was he just could never come back from that, uh, which is. I think it was. I think it was maybe a play mistake on his on his part. Actually, really to deploy as wide as he did in a sideboarded game. I, I mean, I think he probably should have known that I am likely to have brought in some kind of sweeper. Then again, though, if he hadn't gone wide, I, I was watching this because burn. I, my game was over relatively quick. Yeah, right. Um, you had the flashback Marauder in hand. I mean, actually, I honestly that that game. I just I drew every card I wanted when I. I mean, I, I at some point I brainstormed and. I had to shuffle. I had to shuffle in order to play a spell, and I had to shuffle away two great cards. But it didn't matter because I had like four more of my sideboard cards in my hand. I mean, it was just there was no way I was losing this game. Probably no matter what he did. I just you know it was it was gross. I drew everything I could possibly have wanted. Um, game three was very close. It came down to, to turns, and uh, he well a trigger was missed by me, which. Uh, caused me to have a blocker that I shouldn't have had, which allowed it to, which caused the game to draw. Um, yeah, this is going to show you how tournaments can be weird. Yeah. I, I, so I was watching. Right. And a judge was watching because they were in terms, I think. Right. And Drew needed a blocker in order to draw the game. Not, nobody could win right now in the five, in the turns that they were permitted at the time. He needed a blocker though to draw and to keep it so he played a cavern harpy onto an empty board. Right. He didn't have anybody else to bounce, so he just played it. Yeah. And he passed the turn. And I sat there silently as I was supposed to. Yep. And the judge, though I think judges can step in of their own volition if they want to, I think. I, I didn't ask uh, the judge we had on last time. Um, they generally will not. Yeah. The judge didn't say anything. And when they were deciding... Are, is one of us going to scoop? They're both very friendly, as you said. Yeah. Personally, you'll see people. They get people get a little bit uh, harsh when there's a lot on the line. Right. These people are so friendly. They are basically each saying, "If you can show me that you would win in one more turn, I will scoop to you." And right. They, they each said that, and neither one could. And we, 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 yeah, legitimately, I, I think it was, it was, I was going to be able to do something that would prevent him from winning the next turn, or at least <laughs> I had, I had draws to where. I was going to be able to stop him the next turn. Yeah. And um, you are allowed to show each other your hand. Yeah. You are not allowed to look at the top card of your deck in order right. to figure out who would have won. Right. That's the top of your card. Nobody has the permission to look at that card. Right. Either player. So neither one could easily show that they would have won. So they drew. So we drew. They filled the slip, walked away. Uh, and a this draw <laughs> is worse than two draws is worse than one win and one loss. Yeah. They, they incentivize you to get to a winner. Right. Um, afterwards, I point to the card and I say, that is not a May trigger. Which and, I knew, but again, breakfast. And it, and it doesn't say, I just, and it yeah. doesn't say other creatures. And it, lack of experience in the deck. If yeah. Harpy is the only card you have, you have to bounce the You Harpy. have to bounce the Harpy. Funny that I played a lore in the game after this, because that's part of why I knew and it was in all my mind that I could right. coach the other guy. Yeah. Um, and I knew it, and I, I don't know how I forgot this, because but, I know that that's a problem, and I I, and, I think I may have explained this to Jamie at some point in the past, yeah. but then I forgot. And the opponent forgot. And my opponent forgot, yeah. and the judge either didn't notice or forgot what Kevin Harvey does. Or was not. Or maybe just didn't say anything, but uh, right. This was, yeah. as we talked about before, triggers. This is a trigger. Yep. Enter the battlefield trigger on Drew's creature. Yep. It is his job to remember. Yeah. So it was a... Uh, he, he missed his trigger, and his opponent 
did not insist on it happening. Right. So his opponent was hurt by this, but yeah. was allowed to let it happen. Right. Um, and he committed a rules violation. It's not a DQ or anything, but it was a violation. I yeah. Got a warning or a penalty or I don't know. What. Something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was only after the game. Right. And the other guy was a good sport too. He, you know, he he said, you know, I missed it also. I should have read it and known and told you to have it happen. Yeah. So and, and I do I feel bad. I mean, because I should have lost the game. Um, I, I should have lost. I would have been dead. I had I had again. I had draws the next turn, uh, but I did not have anything to do that turn. I would have definitely been dead uh, without the Kevin Harvey on the field. And so. I do. I want to clarify one thing, so nobody thinks ill of me. I did not keep my mouth shut to help Drew. I wanted him to do well. I kept my mouth shut because it is against the rules to interfere with someone else's game even to correct a game rules mistake. Yeah. If I had done so, I would have been giving outside assistance to both players, actually, I guess. Technically, yeah. I'm not sure which one of you, if either, would be punished. I would be punished by the judge who was standing there. Right. Because that is not a thing you're allowed to do. I'm not sure yeah. what the penalty is for that, but it's a big deal. Yeah. Not tell other players what the correct play is. They have to do it on their own. Yeah. So, so I, I, I kept my mouth shut. I did. I wanted to say something, even though it was going to hurt Drew. Because Drew and I both want to win the right way. We want to win when we. We. Yeah, I don't so, say anything if you see mistakes until after the entire match is over and the slip is turned in. Yeah. yeah. In fact, later uh, I saw a mistake that did not affect an outcome of a game. Yeah. In game two. Yeah. And I was going to. I wanted between game two and three to mention it in case it came up again. I, it wasn't going to be affecting the game. A judge was there, and I pulled him at the judge's side and asked, may I do this between matches? And he said, no, wait till after the match. That is still... Or between games during the match. Between games, yes. I wanted to say it between game two and three in case it came up again. It was something different. Yeah. And the judge said, no, that's outside assistance. Wait till after the match to talk to your friend. Yeah. So, don't do it, everybody. Yeah. Even if it hurts. So, anyway, uh, that drew me. Uh, I was was now 0-1-1. And we're talking to people, uh, you know, the joke was, oh, you're going to play Miracles all, all day the rest of the way. The idea is you're now going to be playing people. You get matched up with people with the same or as close as possible to your record. So he's going to play against people who are 0-1-1. So he's going to play against people who have drawn a game. Right. Burn does not draw many games. No, for example. Uh, miracles. Draws and- a lot of games. Miracles, lands. Um, yeah, there are a few others, but Miracles is by far the most overrepresented deck among decks with draws. So, so the idea is if you're there, you're going to play a disproportionate amount of miracles. What, what deck did you play? Uh, the next round three was a miracles deck. Surprise. And uh, so I, I, I have round, round three. Well, all right. Spoiler. Round four was also a miracles player. And so these two kind of blur together in my memory. Um, Cause what happened is, unsurprisingly perhaps, uh, I was kind of playing slowly because I was still unfamiliar with my deck. My opponents were on a slow deck. And they were slow enough, and are slow enough to have drawn already. Uh, these matches also went to time. So somewhere around the end of round four, uh, which I think is where Jamie saw the next mistake get made, um, I was like, semi-delirious with lack of food. I hadn't eaten anything at this point, and uh, yeah. So, um, 
the anyway the third mat the third one um both both matches basically what happened i think because i won the die roll and then promptly had to mulligan to a bad six card hand uh lost game one and i think the miracles matchup is actually pretty good for Aluren, but i just i had bad game ones and then couldn't finish game three because we were going so slowly didn't you say in one of them you couldn't finish game two and actually i think in both of these actually i think we did not finish well game so game round three uh we i lost game one i won game two in extra turns like we had gone to time and i won on like the second extra turn round three round four we went we went to turns and we did not finish game two um, and so Drew lost. And that so I one. lost because I had lost game. I had lost the first one. So I, there are a few lessons to take from this. What, what lessons do you take? From so this? number one is if you care about how well you do at a tournament like this, don't show up with a deck you don't know how to play. <laughs> um, I mean, again, I was playing to have fun, and I was having fun. I would have been having more fun if I'd eaten something. But right, that if you if you play slowly. Um, you know, and this is this was on my this part of this was on my opponents, but a lot of it was also on me too. I mean, I think we were probably both not super familiar with the decks we were playing, and it just it was slow going. And the matchup is also not only is it two decks that can be kind of grindy and slow, but it's really complicated. There's a whole lot of instant speed interactions of the games that took forever. I had an Aluren on the battlefield, and it was a matter of whether I could whether I could work out the combo. Through through a counter spells, through a countertop lock. There was, I think, one game where a countertop lock was established. I blew up the the counterbalance. He reestablished the countertop lock. I mean, it just it it and I blew it up again. And I think that was the game that I couldn't. I think that was the game that went to that went to turns. I mean, that we didn't finish game two. I mean, it just it was. There's so much interaction so many options for me to for me to do so much stuff for him to do because he has to think okay i need these cards near the top of my library i've got the sensei's divining top i need to be able to respond to a one drop a two drop and a three drop i have i have potential problems with any of those three if you play them so i need to be able to stop all of them if i can but also maybe hopefully try to get a win too so i need to it was just you know he has hard decisions to make i have hard decisions to make it's it's just a really hard match to play anyway i think from both sides and it just yeah it's just something that maybe is kind of going to be prone to draws regardless um the one takeaway i want to do is something that sadly and ironically due to time we did not get to talk about on the judge episode yeah and that is slow play yeah and I probably should have called for slow play on my round three opponent. You, you told me that your round four opponent is the one who was shuffling your deck. Like I think this is my round three opponent, but again, I'm kind of fuzzy on details. Uh, that, that every time that you search your library, yeah, you which I do a library, lot, you shuffled your library slowly and many times. Yes, your opponent is allowed and encouraged to shuffle your library after you search. Right, it has to be randomized. Right. If that is taking a long time, you should call a judge and just ask the judge to watch for slow play. Um, it is important to do it early because a lot of people will play slow early. You've got 50 minutes. I can take my time. And then at the end, 
you're either still playing slow, right, it's miserable, or then you're rushing, right. So call them early, right. Call and this them. is what they say to do. And it feels, I, I will say, I didn't do it because it feels bad. And what had happened was, I think in game three, in, in, in round three, game one, I actually, I'm looking to five. This is how I lost game one. Um, and my opponent was like shuffling my deck four or five times for my mulligans. And it was just, I mean, it was like five minutes into the round before I drew an opening hand. I mean, it was just, <laughs> yeah. And I, and it, you know, this is of course right after I've drawn and I know I'm playing somebody else who has a draw and I just can see, look, we're like, we're going to turns. It's going to happen. I, we haven't, no one's played a spell yet in the match and I know we're going to turns. I should have called the judge, but I didn't. I'll tell you when I was playing Lance, he told me about four times that he was becoming concerned about time. Yeah. In that matchup, the one that I said I won by Stabnacle, I did play slowly. Yeah. And I even told him, you know, if you don't play slow and we go to time, like if we go to time and it's not your fault, I will stop because I have played yeah. slower. I don't think I was violating anything slow play. But when you play Tabernacle on turn one, it is very, very You have complicated hard. my lines of play, yes. You yes. are responsible for the fact that I am taking a long time. Yes. It, yeah. it, it was a friendly match. Right. I, I have jokingly told him, though, if you want fast play, don't play Tabernacle. Right. Like, sure. Uh, yeah. So. And my, round two, uh, my opponent and I talked about this. We both said, like, yeah, we need to go faster. We, we don't have a lot of time for this. And we both, we played game three very fast. Uh, both of us played very fast. And I think it's maybe part of the reason why the... Kevin Harpy thing happened because we were trying to play really fast at that point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, mistakes were made all over the place. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, it, it, that, that was nice, you know, sort of the acknowledgement of the, Hey, we both need to play faster. Um, and I, that is something, the other thing I could have done short of calling a judge, maybe I could have said, Hey, you know, let's, I, I, let's call a judge over just to watch. Let's just, or yeah. Or maybe, you know, just like, Hey, you know, I know we both have a draw. Maybe we could, you know, just make sure we we keep this keep the pace up, you know, something like that without calling a judge over. Then you call a judge over if you have further problems. I don't know. It feels very awkward to call a judge over before the match has even really started. Here is here is something though to reiterate for anyone who did not watch our judge episode. Do not flip a coin to decide who wins. Yeah. That is a disqualifying event. You will be kicked out of the entire tournament. Yeah. There are reasons why, uh, some just general policy, one legal, that if you are determining the uh, outcome of a prize-winning event with a coin toss, a <laughs> literal, we're just going to toss a coin and winner wins. Right. That is gambling. Right. And in and a lot of states, you can't do that. Gambling laws are legal. There's a lot of hoops that Magic and the tournament organizers have to go through. And different hoops in different countries, like Canada, has to do their prize structure weird, apparently, to not be gambling. Because it's not gambling. Magic is not gambling. Or at least it's more it's more skill than luck. It is a... We all know this. You know, you're not going to show up, never even played before, and luck into a win. Right. You're not. Um, do not do that. You will get kicked out. Yep. You can try to tell the other person why you think that you would win soon. And if they want to scoop to you, they can. Do not be entitled. Right. Do not be a dick about this. And, and my, yeah, my, my, in fact, opponent was very, was very good about this. I mean, because he, he was closer to winning than I was, certainly. It was really just a question of whether I was going to be able to hang on for a little while. You were two, he was a two-life or something, I think. 
he was actually low on life. I mean, I, 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 it was something where if I had managed to stabilize, I, I could have won. And, um, I mean, well, I'm a combo deck and I can win out of nowhere too. I just needed to have like a couple of turns to stabilize and then I might've been okay. But right. But I mean, he had, he had imminent threats of just killing me dead. So, do, um, do not feel entitled, but do not feel like you owe it to your opponent either. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories of people whose opponents, coincidentally, not in legacy tournaments, but whose opponents were dicks, like kind of the whole game, kind of rushing them, kind of just being rude and short and impersonal and just unpleasant and even mean. Yeah. And then at the end, acting as if you are wrong for not scooping to him. Right. Telling him why he should have won and who, why you should scoop. Right. Why he is going to go to during day two and you are not. And something yeah, you know, and the sort of thing. Don't do that. Yeah, do if you right, and this is one of those things, right, where if you if you do the right thing, your your opponent misses a beneficial trigger, and you call it out to him on something little, that may buy you a concession at the end of the round if things have gone, you know, if it's if it's on the fence. It's true. You know, if I, you're nickeling, nickeling and diming them the whole match about order of declaration of things and, you know, trying to be tricky and obnoxious, people are going to not want to scoop to you because you're a terrible person, or yeah. at least you're coming off that way. We, we, we do not want to make it sound like you have to play politics in your game. Everyone is no, here to win as hard as they can. But, but right. You know, it, look, yeah, right. You can do what something that will make the experience more pleasant for everyone, and it may actually not be that you're giving up percentage points in terms of a chance to win. And really, yeah, if you win one and lose one, you're gonna be better off. If your miracles matchup is bad, you, you may, may just want to take the, take the loss. Yeah, like honestly, tell you the truth, your miracles matchup on average should be okay, but with slow play being just a concern, right? You might have been better off staying out of the draw bracket. I might. I mean, I might have. I mean, I think right with with uh, without the draw or the time being an issue, I think the miracles matchup is actually of it actually favors Aluren. But uh, yeah, with yeah, um, with time being an issue, it, yeah, that might have been. I might have been better off. Yeah, just taking the second loss. I don't know. So anyway, that is how that works. You can scoop. You can to your opponent and it is entirely legit and do not let them make you feel bad for just saying I'm, I'm not going to concede we can draw yeah um, that is the interesting thing you cannot draw this will he won't he out forever this is not the TV show friends that's yeah. not how we do things right uh, <laughs> but you know the game doesn't end until you both say it ends until you both pass priority at the end. right right so both do effectively have to agree to concede, or at least come to an understanding that neither you, sorry, to uh, to tie, or at least just agree to disagree that neither of you are going to concede to the other. And right. that's okay. Yeah. Don't feel bad. Don't feel entitled. Moving on. Moving on. So I was 0-2-2 two two at this point, uh, and pretty much, I mean pretty much, definitely, actually, completely eliminated from day two. Um, I stayed in just to kind of play a little bit more. I played some people who were uh, new to the format, sort of down toward the end of the bracket. And um, I picked up two wins pretty quickly, uh, deck doing what it was supposed to do. Um, I don't want to talk too much about those matchups. They were, uh, I was playing tier three or tier four 
decks or worse. Or worse. You know, he said how uh, Ninja the Deep Hours is legacy playable because it was played in legacy. Yeah. Well, um, some other things were played against me in legacy. Uh, you know, there, there's, there are tiers, and you should not feel bad about playing a tier three deck. You really shouldn't. No. That is fine to do, and you will win games, but. You should not expect to win a Grand Prix. No, and look, I mean, I think these people are there just to have fun and maybe to learn some about the format. And that's, like, I'm not judging these people from playing these decks or anything, but I'm just... However, uh, I do not think it is particularly instructive to talk about these games. I executed my combo, and the game was over, and that was that. So, uh, anyway, at this point, I was 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. Uh, Jamie was 2-4, and four, and we both dropped because we were hungry. So let it be known, Drew had a better record than me. I did actually end up with more points. Um, Congratulations! Yeah, uh, that happened. Um, yeah. If I had kept playing, I probably would have been in the bracket of... Well, honestly, the reason why, the only people who are still playing, the only people who play when they are dead on day three, day yeah. two, because you, you are entitled to play through the entire game. Right. You do not have to stop when you're dead for day two. Right. You, you can play until nine o'clock at night in the official tournaments. Right. Most people uh, stop, right? Because they have better things to do than just keep playing when there's no prize. Right. Or they want, if they're going to play for fun, they want to go play for fun with their friends. Right. Which is kind of where we were. Which at. is kind of what we went and did. Yes. Um, so the only people still playing are the ones who joined for fun in, in two the first miles, place. Use the right two lanes to take the Beckley exit. In two out, in two miles, we're going to take the right two lanes. Um, <laughs> so he was playing against people who were playing for fun. Who were playing regardless of winning, and that's who he was going to play against for the rest of the day if he did. Because right. all the people who were going to play and try to get to day two, and that was their goal, and once they stopped, they were going to stop, they, those people had all left. Right. So he he really only stuck around that far just to kind of keep me company, as yeah. I was still clutching on to maybe getting to day two. Yeah. Well, and I was, I mean, I had enjoyed all of my matches. I mean, I was 0 2 and 2, but I had had fun. And I mean, yes. the, the matches were all very good and, and, and well played by my opponents. I, I learned a lot about the deck. Um, Not that. And, uh, yeah, correct. Keep going. Um, Beckley? Yeah, same here. I, it was fun. Like I, I was losing. It was frustrating. Going Losing four matches in a row is frustrating, but right. they were all fun matches. Even that stupid show-and-tell match was fun. Like I walked away from that smiling because it was kind of a hoot just to see it go poorly like um, right yeah it was hilarious boy. to me that my game state actions were that I played I did more mulligans and scoops than playing cards yeah right um, um yeah but, and, and, right but you know I, once I had gotten to my uh once I had, I played my round five yeah, round I'm six matches right too late to take the back the exit I um you know I I kind of got the sense and I think this would have been true for Jamie if he kept playing too that You'd start playing people who, uh, you know, they're. I don't want to say that the quality of the competition will drop because I don't, you know, I don't want to insult people who are still in at that point. Well, let's just give her a minute. No, you go on. All right, this is Stan. All right, sure. We'll fix it in post. Right. We will not fix it in post. We will not fix it. Cut to Morgan Freeman's voice. They did not fix it in post. Yes. Um. So, right, I mean, I think you do get some people who are just kind of there. They brought a, a, a you know, a weird random deck they just felt like playing. 
He, he doesn't want to say it. I'm going to tell, say what he had said. Continue on uh, I-64 East for 60 miles. Okay, we got 60 miles on this road. This should be fine, everybody. Yeah. Uh, turn one, uh, Dark Ritual. Good start for a lot of decks. Into Hypnotic Spectre. Yeah. Which is not a bad card. But if that's what your deck has, the rest of your deck is probably not a day two Grand Prix type of deck. Right. Uh, and the other one was Affinity, which we've talked about how a straight Affinity, like, put that helm on a cre- on an artifact creature and attack is not going to get there. Like, it's, that's not going to be a top, a, uh, top eight day two Grand Prix. Deck. Right, type deck. Uh, they're good. They play. And, and I will reiterate, if you're playing locally... It will it, win. It, it, it will it's, win. It's games. fine. I mean, somebody I think did top eight like an open or something with some some form of affinity. It may yeah. or may not have had cranial platings in it, but I think it did. But I think it actually did. You, you can, it can you work. Will. But right, this. But right, but you know, as far as part of at, at this point, I was playing mostly to learn more about my deck. And when you start seeing weird stuff like that, like I, you start to go, well. Maybe this is not really representative. Maybe I should just go play against Jamie's Elf deck a few times. Right. That might be more helpful for both of us. Because <laughs> I love Legacy, but I love Legacy as an entire format. It's not just that I love my Legacy deck and I'll play it Goldfish and play it against the wall and play it against standard decks. I love playing against Legacy decks. Right. And every standard deck, quote, is a Legacy deck, but it's not the same experience. And if I'm already dead for day two and I'm playing for fun and I'm playing to learn, it's good to sometimes play against off-the-wall stuff but if you're wanting to like prepare for more tournaments later, you your time is going to be better spent playing against tier one and tier two decks. Right. And that's the typical legacy experience that we usually are excited to go right. to. Right. And also at this point, it was like 4 p.m. and I hadn't eaten anything. And food uh, is important. Food is important. So yeah. So that was our tournament. That was our tournament. Uh, we both had good times. We both did not win anything. We, we had some great food in Louisville. If you're in Louisville, go to a place called Game and get their boar sliders. Yeah. Oh gosh, this was. I we can't remember the last time we had food that was this good. It's possible that it, our, our opinion of this may be inflated by how hungry we were, but I'm pretty sure this was still legitimately the best thing I'd eaten in weeks, weeks, weeks months, months, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um. So, any of you in Louisville? comments down below in the show thing about yeah about how yes it's really delicious yeah and everybody else go oh we need to give it a yelp review yeah we should give it a yelp we review. review we'll do that when we so i do also want to say we, we got to meet up with some great folks that is some of the most exciting stuff about oh yeah 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 um because yeah if you were just going for the tournament we would have gone we would have been disappointed we would have driven home and whatever yeah we would have been probably frustrated yeah but no we we had to split off for a little while to get some food but we got to meet up with jerry from uh, from um, Leaving, Legacy. Leaving Legacy. We got to meet up with Aaron and Chris from the Girlfriend Bracket. We got to meet up with some pros and semi-pros and grinders, and we got to draft with them and draft with their friends and hang out at dinner and, oh, hang out with one of the guys who top 16 the whole tournament yep. on his first Legacy event. Yeah. And he got top 16 on his yeah. first Legacy event. Who... We're not going to tell you who it is because we expect to have it on the podcast as a guest. But right. we've learned to never make promises because we will not do it then. So we're right. Gonna, we're, shh, shh. Right. It's a secret. 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 Super secret. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, talking to people, learning a lot about legacy from other people who play. I mean, there's always people who know more about 
no matter how good you are, there are always people who know more about their deck than you will ever know about their deck. And that is something I want to say that I did, because I was very happy about doing this. Uh, at least in all the matches where I had time to do so. I, like when we started, we're shuffling up, and everybody's you know still in a great mood, and nobody's feeling bad because nobody's made any mistakes yet. Right. I say, you know, after the match, if you have time, I'd love to talk the match up. Because the situation was, I really wanted to make a written down sideboarding guide, which I told you all to do, and I said I was going to do, and I didn't do <laughs> on the drive up because it took us six hours to make our deck lists. Yeah. Um, so we had talked about sideboarding. I knew strategies. I knew more or less what I wanted to do with my sideboarding, but I hadn't written. So after every match, I talked to my opponent about what I had sideboarded, what I hadn't, what they recommend, like what are they afraid of in this matchup, and they helped. And it was especially great when I played Burn twice in a row, and I had the notes I had just taken right. after talking to a Burn player. Right, right. And sometimes they'll disagree. Like, uh, in that matchup, the two of them disagreed strongly. Uh, they didn't know each other. They didn't. This was separate. Over whether Nyssa should come in. It's a Planeswalker that makes a 5-5. Five five. Um, I'm still thinking it probably should come out, but one of them said keep it in, and the other said take it out. That's interesting to hear and it really helped me so now I've got a good sideboard guide I know where I made mistakes in the sideboarding and where I didn't right uh, and now I have that and I'm going to build over time a sideboard cheat sheet maybe more than the day of the tournament yeah you know but most people especially if they win most people are very happy to talk about their deck and to talk about your deck and to help you yes especially especially if they win if somebody doesn't want to if somebody He's in a bad mood, especially after they lose. But yeah, yeah, don't that, pester. That's, yeah. that's fine. But, like you don't have to be afraid of pestering, but if you can tell that they're not feeling good, let them have their emotions. We all feel bad sometimes, and you know it, it's good for all of us to try not to be sore losers. But it's also good for all of us to remember you feel bad sometimes. Let them be. But honestly, I didn't. Even when I was beating people, they were happy to talk to me. You should try something. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, we also got to go to the shops and get, like, the beat-up carts. Uh, yep. I got a damaged uh, Umazawa's Jite. It was, it was heavily played. Hev I got a heavily played one. It was heavily played because it was signed. So I got it for, like, half price because it had the artist's signature on it. Yeah. It, it was a little beat also. Like, it was not a mint one with a signature on it. But still, I, I'm very happy. I got my fourth uh, Wasteland right. for $20. Yep. It's a little beat. But yep. it's... 100% sleeve playable. You don't have to double sleeve. Honestly, it might even be like unsleeve playable. Not that I do that. Yeah. It's fine. And I'm very happy about that. Uh, we got to see the cosplayers. We got to see the other shops. And we got to Google the beta power that yeah. they had. And the t test print run one of cards that somebody had. Yeah. And the cards that had been altered by the artist to have Death Stars in the background. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. We got, we got to uh, get some cards signed. Yeah. Um, oh, great. Uh, a lot of cards. Yeah. RK Post uh, is awesome. Shout out to RK Post. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's online. I'm going to tag him in this. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so he, some artists charge for their signatures. Most some, artists some charge for their signatures. Some don't. I'm going to say if they don't, tip them. Because yeah. the thing is, they are doing something for you. And yes, it costs them nothing to do a signature, except it costs them to come out to these things. They have to fly to them. They have to stay at a hotel. I, they might have to pay the tournament organizer to be there. I'm not sure. I think it might work the other way around. Think, but I, I think know. the organizer may pay to uh, have the artist But there, really, but... if you're getting them to sign it, not only are they doing you a favor and taking time out of their day, 
you are appreciating them. Like, right. Share. You don't need to give them like fifty bucks, but most people charge like one dollar per signature. Right. Uh, RK Post does not charge anything. He just has a tip jar if you want to, and he sells tokens. Yeah. That are custom tokens of everything. I now have a soldier token that is the Doctor Who tenth Doctor. I have a. Uh, oh, what, what, what did we get? I got. Well, I got a whole set of tokens of like, like, cat Cthulhu things that are like various squid and octopus and kraken tokens for one of my commander decks. Uh, we got. I got some Rick and Morty uh, clone tokens for my Riku commander deck. I got some zombie tokens for my modern deck that are Jack Skellington and uh, Molly. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 yeah. Love interest in that. In, right. In, uh, Nightmare we, bought a, we, we, we bought 25 tokens I think from so, Mr. Yeah. Post. It was, it was very well, nice. Including some interesting ones you wouldn't think of. I have a green mana token now. And the right. thing is, in elves, when I'm like, oh, uh, six mana, float four, make three, now I have seven. Use two, now I'm at five, float five. Right. It's, it's nice. You have a little token there and you just put a dice on it so you can see how much, how much I have. Green mana I have, right. And, it, and it's gorgeous. It's it's a mana bottle. It's it's great looking. I yeah. Have, I have a squirrel token in a top hat. Right. I have a, like, I think I have, yeah, there's a whole set of, like, dapper animals. I have an elephant and a bird and, uh, yeah, they're really cool. Uh, yeah. And he signed them all, of course, for free. Yep. So. so. Anyway, uh, and that was really great also. Uh, as you said, dinner. Um, do remember to sleep even this day. Like, we could have stayed out late if we wanted to this day. But, A, some of the people in the larger group were playing in the real tournament day, too. Yeah, so like, they, for money. Yeah, so, so they needed... I imagine it was hard for them to fall asleep. So they needed to be in bed for, like, nine hours, probably, just right. to get eight hours of sleep. Right. Uh, and it was good that we did. You know, everybody jokes about, like, con crud, like, that you catch holes in some of these. There's a lot of handshaking at these. I worry my sore throat might be from catching a cold at this thing. Right. Sleep's important. Sleep is very important. Um, but so, right, I, I guess to, to sum up, and people, what they say is, you know, look, enjoy the side events. Definitely, we enjoyed the one side event we played in. We, I also would say just enjoy the people a yes. lot. Uh, because one of the things we did was we decided at the end of, of Saturday, we, we decided uh, we were not going to play in any of the organized side events on Sunday. We were just going to go around to the artists, check out the cosplayers. Do some drafts with our friends. Do some drafts with our we, friends. We, and we, this was maybe the best part. The, the drafting with the friends was maybe my favorite part of the whole weekend, honestly. Right. Just, so I, I'm going to say, uh, if you are going to go to a Grand Prix by yourself and you're going to go to, still go. It's fun. And if you try to strike up conversations, most people, I, I never I never felt ostracized or unwelcome Yeah. Among strangers. Try to go with friends. You've got something in common with all these people, though. You do. You all Always. like magic, so yes. you can all talk about that. So, and you all like the same format, especially if it's legacy. Especially if it's Every legacy. Everybody kind of feels a sort of kinship with with other legacy players. So, uh, but if you go with friends, remember that actually the people you're there with are going to more than anything else affect whether you have a good time and how you remember it. Do remember them. Right. Uh, you know, we're spikes. We're not all about the touchy feels, but no. But it was very important. It was and, a lot of fun. Yeah, they, we they do, uh, or at least this this event did an infinite challenge where you say, "All right, here's forty bucks for an all day pass to do side events all day Sunday," and that sounds amazing. They run an event, especially every, when you can see you can you, at least one of those can be sealed and you get to keep the cards. So yeah, free events all day long for only forty dollars. That's actually pretty darn good. Except it sounds like 
they run an event every hour. I'm going to play six events. No, you're not. Because each of these events are like five hours each. Right. You are going to play one or two or maybe three. If, if you start you... early and you go all day. And maybe and, drops early for something. And drop early for something, yeah. So uh, it's not that it's a bad idea. And I know plenty of people who got the three-day Infinite Challenge and did nothing. nothing but that. And that might have been... For them. That, no, and they yeah. had a great time. They were so excited, especially the vintage the people. The vintage people who were like, this is the only time I get to go and play a huge tournament full of vintage people. Which yeah. Is, but even yeah. the people who just, they love modern. They right. love modern. And this is yep. a huge convention. Yeah, I mean, this was a big modern tournament that just happened to be inside of a Legacy GP. The Legacy GP was bigger. Yes. people, go get your own. Yes, right. But it was still a good-sized modern tournament. I mean, if you wanted to come and play modern, you could totally do that here. All day long. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and and it was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. That's what we want to talk about. I mean, mean, yeah, so... I I feel like that's kind of how our whole weekend went. Yeah, I mean, I guess my one... My, my one regret was how tired and, and, and wiped out I was by the end of, of day one of the GP. And, I mean, I think I'm glad I played Aluren. I would have wondered how it would have gone if I hadn't. And I'm pretty sure if I played Maverick, I might have done better. Uh, just, but, but you don't feel like you would have day two. But I wouldn't have day two. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have. I mean, uh, I still would have lost that Storm match because Maverick has a terrible Storm match. I mean, I, I might have... I don't know. I might have made fewer mistakes throughout the day, but I do think Aluren was better for the metagame, you know, so I think some of my mistakes were balanced out by just playing it what was, for the metagame at least, a better deck. Um, but, uh, you know, it, still, I, I you know, I, I had I had tons of fun learning the new deck. Uh, but, think about it, though, when you, if, you're, if you're trying to make this decision, because I... Part of the reason that I didn't eat was not just due to stupidity. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't partly due to that, because it certainly was, but I just kept going to time in every match because I didn't know what I was doing. And this is why there was no time for me to eat. And this did make me unhappy and a little grumpy toward the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Which I'm sure Jamie, uh, Jamie, <laughs> Jamie take, was a very good friend and very accommodating to uh, the whims of my stomach. T- take care of the but, people you're there with. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, we were met, I mean, I mentioned all those people we met up with, and it was great. They, though, had friends who were still in the main tournament, so they could not go to dinner until 8. And we, we were dying. We, we, dying. We, we actually had to get food ourselves and then go meet up with them after. Yeah. Because you do still have to take care of yourself. You have yeah. to take care of the people you went there with. Yeah. And... It's it's important. Yeah, uh, and and they were all great. They were very helpful. They were they were they were awesome. They were very yeah. understanding. Really, yeah. And then yeah, we, we met up with them after while they were still eating food. We just had some drinks. Yeah, that was a great early, relatively early into the evening. Yeah, it was good. Um, but just so yeah, I mean, definitely make sure you sleep, make sure you eat, make sure you stay hydrated. Um, you'll be happier. You'll play better Magic. Um, but don't also yeah don't have it be all about the magic and about winning as many game about as winning as many matches as it can be. I mean just make well, sure you do other stuff, well, other stuff that's have fun. it be winning all the matches that you play, of course. Well, obviously try right, but then the, the thing to remember: don't make it about how many matches can I play this weekend. Right. That that's is, that's better. That's yes, better. that's good. Better, but a better way to state yeah, what we, I was trying to say. Yeah, we, we it would have been fun if we had gone and played a legacy side event, but we would have still just been playing against strangers. For right. five hours on Sunday, we would have probably had to waken up early earlier, 
and we wouldn't have been able to go do what we did, which was buy some very cheap uh, Eternal, Eternal Masters packs with Jerry from Leaving Legacy and, and some other friends and do a five-person unofficial Eternal Masters draft. Yeah. It was a hoot. It was a lot of fun. Hey, what 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 what, uh, what mythic did you open? Oh, man. So the, we, the story bought it from, and I oh, we should get don't... Oh. We need to find out who this was because we need to give them a shout-out for being awesome. They were awesome. Uh, they had a deal where if you bought the Eternal Masters and you open what is the worst... Worst the, mythic. The worst mythic in the set, at least from a value standpoint. Sphinx of the Steel Wind. Yeah. It, it, it sees play. It's a good card. It sees, yeah, it's a reanimator target. It's just It's been reprinted a number of times, and you need one of it in most in your deck. Um, and, right, if they said, if you open this in your, you know, if you open this 25 cent, 50 cent card in your $8 pack, we'll get, you know, show it to us and we'll give you another pack. And so we were joking about how we should just crack all of our packs right in front of their table uh, because, you know, what what if one of us opened this? You had to open it in front of them. If you opened it in front of them. Apparently, they had someone come up and say, oh, look, I got Sphinx of the Steel Wind. Uh, can I get my free pack? Before they had sold a single pack. Yeah, so... So somebody was just lying. Obviously. Don't, don't do this. Don't do... Don't be... Don't so they said, no, guy. we can't really do that if you, like, go draft it. Because we, we don't know which pack you opened or when you opened it. So, so... And we say, oh, should we just go, like, all open our pack one, pick ones in front just to be sure? Nah. Nah. That's, that's really lame. It's not going to happen. And I said, I, I, I agreed. And then I said, I will be pretty pissed if that is what happens. So what's in my pack one? Well, it's not a Sphinx of Steel Wind. It's a foil Sphinx of Steel Wind. Hey, at which point we get into a brief discussion on A. Is it we, worth going? Will, will they respond? They said they will not give us this since we did it not in front of them. Is it worth asking? And B, does this qualify? Because you still got a rare. Like, I still got a rare, right. A foil Sphinx of the Steel Wind is worth more than a foil White Mane Lion or a foil... Right, it's still a, it's a good uh, foil. Yeah, it's it's worth five bucks. Right. So there was a there was a five dollar bill in your pack that also had just another rare. Had also had another rare, which was a decent rare. It was a baleful strix, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. I, we, I've been debating this. I, I said, look, all right, I'll go back and I'll ask. And I'm obviously not going to be at all upset if they say no, because yeah, it's at least two solid reasons why they should. But they were. They were very amused by this. They said, I have not yet seen a foil Sphinx of the Steel Wind. Here, have two packs. <laughs> so... <laughs> have you opened those yet? So I did open those. Oh, I wasn't there when you opened them. You were right in front of me when no, I opened these. No, no, your free packs. Yeah, the free packs. No. Yeah, you were. I showed you that I got a, You asked what I got in them, and I told you I got a Deathrite Shaman in one of them. And a Cabal Therapy. This was not me. Yeah, it was you. No. We had this conversation. I did not have this conversation. Oh, uh, it's been a long way. Um... So you, you, you got a, uh, a Cabal Therapy. I got a, a Cabal Therapy and a Deathrite Shaman out of it. That, that's that's, so. yeah, that's right. winners. Right. Yeah. On free packs. So basically, right, basically my one pack contained a, like half of an Aurora deck. Uh, literally. <laughs> but available Strix is a Cabal Therapy and a Deathrite Shaman. Uh, too bad I've already built that deck. Uh, but um, yeah, still still good stuff. Uh, and then, and, and, yeah, then I promptly won like half of my... Uh, of the games that I played with this in this uh, sealed pool, so I, uh, or no, draft pool. None of us had ever played Eternal Masters before. You know, we had talked about it here. We're not going to talk about draft here, really. Neither of you or I had played it. I right. think uh, Jerry, Jerry had played. Um, so I, we didn't really know what was good necessarily. I 
got a card that's red and says, search for another copy of this card. Pack one, pick one. With a rare that was worthless and a build around that I didn't think had good payoff. Uh, so I took it and then got another one and then got another one. And, uh, all right, I am mono red. Mono red aggro. Mono red aggro, which is great, except against pro red lifelink Sphinx of the Steel Wind. Yeah. Uh, oh. So, yeah, my whole deck was, uh, like, walls and removal spells, and eventually I'm going to play this Sphinx or the Jetting Glass Guide that I have, um, and I'll kill you with one of those. So. Just Esper Control. Um, and, and Jerry won. Cause Jerry! Jerry white, had white a, Blue Flyers is always good. If, if you're ever yeah. down in any format, play Just pick white, white Blue Flyers. Blue Flyers. It, I don't think there's been a format where that's not at least fine. Yeah, uh, so that's what he played. And he and I had an epic match where he attacked me for Xaxes with two cards left in his library. Um, anyway. Anyway, but and he, so he won. I, but I, I won my other three matches uh, pretty much on the strength of Streaks of Steel win being really good. So I got two free backs for this awesome card anyway. Anyway, well, we've been going on for like an hour and a half now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's long. That's a long episode. We're just kind of punch drunk and um, rambling here, I think, at the end. All right. Well, I, I think we should wrap it up. Before we do, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor. I did not come up with one yet because we just did one show, and I didn't have that time to think of another. Okay, we actually probably should cut this. Drew, what's our show sponsor of the day? Uh, uh the still wind, obviously. <laughs> I don't know what you can do with that. We want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the local sporting team, the Steel Wind Sphinxes. Watch the Steel Wind Sphinxes as they skate on the ice doing sports with hockey pucks. <laughs> These are the best hockey puck sporters. <laughs> <laughs> The best. <laughs> you, you just got to see how, honestly, that's not very dissimilar to how our... Uh, uh, sometimes they go like this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, we're, we're, I'm not even going to try that one again. We're just going to move on. We're just going to move on. We, we have been driving for like five hours now after a long three days. Yeah. Uh, apologies to our sponsor. Steelwind Sphinxes. Steelwind Sphinxes. And their matchup. The Death Right Shell. The Death Right Shell. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. You're copying me. Stop doing that, Drew. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't know what you're doing. All right, Ben. Ben card of the day. Uh, Ben card of the day is Sherazad, which is uh, (laughs) Ben. Because it's two mana white mana, it's a sorcery. It says you basically you play a sub game with your libraries as your as your. So you pick up your library and you walk away from the table. Right. Or you move to the table. You push your table away. And you just play another game. Right. I think you started sort of 10, 10 Life Life, life or something. Anyway, once you... Like, we can't look up the cards because we're driving. We don't have internet connections. And, yeah. Um, and then, so the winner, the, the loser of the game, each loser if it's a multiplayer game, uh, loses 10 life or half their life or something like that. Yeah, so this got banned basically because it just it's a great way to make all of your matches go to time. And just to wear everybody out, and nobody wants to actually play with this thing because it just it, it just makes games last forever. It, it doubles the length of every game, effectively. Right, right. And you can have four in your deck. You have four in your deck! And you can copy it. And I think, I think, though I'm 
there may not even be gatherer ruins on this because it is literally banned in everything. It's, there is not. It's banned in vintage. It's banned in vintage. It's banned in EDH. Yeah. I hope they finally they left it legal for a while there just because it was ridiculous. It's goofy. That's, and and that's what Commander's about, right? But yeah, then they finally decided. Look, Commander already has enough problems with games that don't end. <laughs> if we don't need Sherazad. Yeah. So it's not even power level. I'm sure you could abuse it. I'm sure you could do something interesting power level with it. But that's not even why it's banned. It's just banned because it makes everything long, slow, and miserable. Well, now yes. we did have an interesting conversation though. So you use your deck. Whatever's <laughs> in play stays in play. So you're going to start with less than a 16 card deck, and that's fine. That's what the card's supposed to do. Right. What if you didn't play another Sherazad? Or what if Sherazad is the last card in your deck? We think you can win. You can lose before turn zero by failing to have enough cards in your library to draw your opening hand of seven. Yeah. Judges, comment in the doobly-doo, <laughs> but I'm pretty stoked about that idea about being unable to draw to seven. <laughs> Could you... I don't think you can voluntarily, like, pre-mulligan and say, I'm just going to mulligan to three. I don't think you can do that. I think you just... You did not draw your seven. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing this would matter for would be Sherazad, which, as you say, not generally legal. Uh, so, yeah. It used to be legal in things, though, right? I mean... And I just want to say before we go that everybody should try to make it out to the grudge match between the Steelwing Sphinxes <laughs> and the Atlanta War Elves. These two teams have been training hard all season, and they are coming in for a epic, epic battle. The Evan Prater is going to come be the judge, of course. He's coming down from the Magistrate's Tower, and he is going to put on a great show for you. You can get all the foods you want. You can get hot soup, hot soup, and more hot soup. It's really, <laughs> it's really cold here. You're going to want the hot soup. Yeah. I recommend, though, the hot soup. Enjoy seeing the Lanor Elves and the Steelwing Sphinxes battle it out for the crown and the cup. The ivory cup. The, yeah, the iron bone throne of the... That's not one. a thing in hockey. You play for cups. Yeah. Yeah. But the throne, the iron, the, what is it, the bone are, throne? Are you saying throne the bone? throne of bone, or are you saying the high throne of Paladino? Ah, uh, the, 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 the throne of bone, that's what I was going for. Why would anyone want the throne of bone? It's the same reason they want the ivory cup? You can't drink out of a throne. You can't sit on a cup. Can if you try hard <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going to call it a day, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, if you hated this, uh, you can tell us. Tell yeah, Drew, tell uh, Drew at mtgdrewwalton at legacyweapon.com. Yeah. All right, and until next time, remember, really, sleep and eating lunch are the best legacy weapons. Yeah. Thanks. Right. Bye. This is a good stinger. I hope you all are... We're at a toll booth. Toll booths. Toll booth time. We as a society decide that it's good to make all of your cars stop, idle for a few minutes, while we pay people to be cold for 24 hours at a time. Yeah, we're good. We're an efficient people here in America. Yeah, we are. Um, as opposed to, you know, paying for our roads with taxes like most people. Well, you know, what's funny is, of course, we have an easy pass device in the car and we didn't set it up. It's not... It, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way because we didn't make it work. No. <laughs> it's not... It doesn't work that way. Yeah.
Yeah. No one can hear me. You're not holding the microphone anymore. Well, that seems rid- I don't want to look ridiculous in front of the tall people. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the people too. No, I appreciate your respect of the tall people. <laughs> the tall people. <laughs> it's the tall men. They're coming from underground. Beware <laughs> the wrath of the tall men. 